0: to make good stories, and everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. you want some muscle? I do. No. All right. This morning, the retelling of a classic on the big screen. We're talking about the new Dune movie. Yeah. Is it worth the watch? Joining us to break that down and everything else out this weekend, Andy Farnsworth of KSL News Radio and KSL Fan Effect Podcast. A lot of people have been talking about Dune again. Like the yeah. Well, Redux. Yeah, because there was a version way back in the 80s, yeah. but this one just blows it away. Blows hmm. it away. There you go. And that's the big thing leading off this weekend is the adaptation. It's one of the most popular and influential science fiction books of all time. Wow. Frank Herbert's Dune. Now, lots of filmmakers have wanted to make the definitive version of the movie from Dune, but nobody's really succeeded. I think this new version of Dune by director Denis Villeneuve is about as good an adaptation as you can hope for. Shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, because he said for years that his dream was to make this movie. So how did he do? Well, in my opinion pretty amazing. There's no way I can easily explain the complex and dense story packed into the movie, but here's a quick try. Dune is set thousands of years in the future and mostly takes place on the desert planet Arrakis, which produces the most valuable commodity in the galaxy, Spice. Due to some galactic politics, the people who used to harvest the spice and get rich are ordered to stop, and a different group is sent in to take over. This new group, House Atreides, is led by Oscar Isaac's Baron and his son Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet. Paul has been training his whole life to be ready to lead his people one day but he may have an even greater destiny than that thanks to his warrior priestess mother Played by Rebecca Ferguson. Plus, he doesn't know why he keeps having these dreams about Zendaya, who lives among the desert people. Now, that's just barely scratching the surface of what happens over the two-and-a-half-hour movie. If it sounds like a lot, trust me, it is a lot. But don't let that scare you off. Dune has a star-studded cast and is one of the most epic and amazing-looking movies I've seen since Lord of the Rings. It's rated PG-13 and is playing both in theaters and streaming at home on HBO Max. Though, this movie deserves to be seen on as big a screen as possible. It's totally worth the price for the IMAX seats. Now, another solid recommendation for this weekend is the new animated film from 20th Century Studios called Ron's Gone Wrong. Now, as a parent, I sometimes worry that even in this incredibly connected age of information, my kids will struggle to make friends and connect to them in real life rather than just online. Apparently, the makers of Ron's Gone Wrong were thinking along the same lines. The movie's set sometime in the near future and follows Barney Podowski. He's a social outcast in part because he's the only kid who doesn't have a B-Bot, Bill is your best friend right out of the box. It's box. this two-foot-tall robot that looks kind of like and acts kind of like what would happen if Eva from WALL-E had a baby with an iPhone. Barney's widowed dad and his crazy grandmother can't really afford a new bot, but for his birthday, they get Barney a broken one that a truck driver sells him in an alley. However, Barney quickly finds that this particular bee-bot named Ron doesn't work exactly like the other kids' bots do. So instead of Ron being able to immediately know everything about Barney, Barney has to teach Ron how to be the perfect pal. The way Ron understands things is like a child and his interpretation of certain instructions is just hilarious. I laughed out loud at enough parts that my kids were probably embarrassed to be sitting with me in the theater. I also like the story and the message of the movie showing some of the downsides of the whole social media culture itself and highlighting the dangers of and drawbacks of too much connectivity but in a way that kids today can really understand and relate to. But really Ron, voiced by Zach Galifianakis, was the best part. I took all but my two oldest kids and we all loved it. Ron's Gone Wrong is rated PG and the uh, run time is a very manageable hour and a half so nobody's attention span should wander too far. I think Ron's Gone Wrong is the most fun your kids will have seeing a movie in the theater this year. And it just so happens that's the only place you can see it, in movie theaters. And then finally, there's one other option for science fiction fans today, and it's a new streaming TV series coming to us from Apple TV+. Plus. It's called Invasion. And it's uh, from Academy Award winning and Emmy Award nominated producer uh, Simon Kinberg. It's more of a character driven science fiction series than one with like a lot of special effects and action. So think more of the movie Arrival and less like Independence Day. Uh, But the show unsurprisingly is about what happens when uh, an aliens invade. I mean, it's called Invasion, so. But it's told through the different perspectives of people from around the world. The only name you'll probably recognize from the cast is Sam Neill, who played Dr. Grant in Jurassic Park. This is another one that rewards patience with some good character drama. However, it is rated TV MA, so keep the kids away from this one. The first three episodes of the series dropped today on Apple TV+, and new episodes will follow every Friday. Now, I have a lot more to say about both Dune and Ron's Gone Wrong because they both deserve a little more attention than we have time for here. So head on over to ksltv.com, where I have a full in-depth review of each movie, including content warnings and my final rating. KSLTV.com is also where you'll find my other movie and streaming TV series reviews in case, you know, you've gotten behind and you maybe don't want to see these two, but something from a few weeks ago. Okay, how many more Dune movies can we expect? Uh, Well, this is at least the first part. It's going to be, this one's at least a two-parter. It even says at the beginning of the movie Dune Part 1. Okay. Uh, And they didn't adapt the whole book in this movie, Uh, the first book. There's like five books of Dune. I don't know if they're going to do all that. But at the very least, the first one's going to get... I hope too, because this first one was good. Okay. They better make enough money so that it gets the second one. All right. Good to know. All right. Andy, thank you. You're welcome. Hi, producer Kellyanne here, and you have just heard Andy's general thoughts on what to watch this weekend from his appearance on KSL TV. Now hear his deeper reviews from KSLTV.com. Hi, I'm Andy Farnsworth from KSL News Radio and KSL's Fan Effect podcast. I'm also the movies and pop culture guy for KSL 5 today. This is my review of Dune from Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures. Many filmmakers have desired to make a definitive movie adaptation of the classic science fiction novel Dune by Frank Herbert since it was first published back in 1965. Most famous is probably the version made by David Lynch in the 1980s, and there have been a couple of adaptations into miniseries over the years. Heck, there's even a movie about one filmmaker's plans to make a movie about Dune. And it's credited with being at least a part inspiration for some of the greatest films of all time. But I think after you watch this new version of Dune by director Denis Villeneuve, you could feel comfortable saying that this is about as good an adaptation as you could probably hope for. I suppose it shouldn't be a big surprise since Villeneuve was approached by the producers to make the movie, in part because he had said in an interview at one point of his career that his dream was to make Dune. So how did he do? Well, in my opinion, pretty amazing. Dune the movie mostly takes place on a desert planet called Arrakis. It's a nearly uninhabitable planet, but it also produces spice, a rare, highly valued, mind-expanding natural resource upon which space travel, knowledge, commerce, and human existence all rely. Thus, it is the most valuable commodity in the galaxy. For years, the house Harkonnen harvested spice from Arrakis and made themselves rich. But all that changes when the Emperor of the Galaxy orders the Harkonnens to leave Arrakis and let the noble House Atreides, led by Duke Leto Atreides, played by Oscar Isaac, and his son Paul, played by Timothy Chalamet, take over the job of harvesting spice. Now, Paul has been trained his whole life to be ready to one day lead his people, but he may hold an even greater destiny than that, thanks to the heritage from his mother, played by Rebecca Ferguson, who's also a warrior priestess. Plus, he's just having these dreams about this girl, played by Zendaya, who lives among the desert people, but he isn't sure what all that means. Now that's just barely scratching the surface of what's going on in this movie. If it sounds like a lot, trust me, it is a lot. But don't let that scare you off. Dune is an epic movie and you can feel it as you watch. There's a reason that the book on which it is based has such a big following. I love a good epic movie and honestly, I haven't felt like I was watching something like this since Lord of the Rings. Now the story is not spoon-fed to you, but you'll be able to follow it if you're paying attention. And I think it'll be something that you'll even get more out of on subsequent viewings. No surprise, the visual look of the movie might be the most impressive thing about it. One of the biggest challenges that those in the past have faced in trying to adapt Dune for the screen has been the ability to visually create what was described in the novel. On this, Villeneuve nailed it. Now just looking at the clips here as you can tell. And it bears mentioning that this movie deserves to be seen on the biggest screen possible. That's one of the reasons that Villeneuve kept insisting on delaying the release date so that people would have that opportunity. So go to IMAX if you can. It's totally worth it. And the large scope of the movie and the amazing visuals are helped by such a large and talented cast. Along with those I've already mentioned, you'll also see Jason Momoa, Stellan Skarsgård, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, David Dasmalkian, Sharon Duncan Brewster, and Charlotte Rampling. But the performances of Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson were the ones that impressed me most. But I like pretty much everything that Rebecca Ferguson does, so take that for what it's worth. And Jason Momoa has never looked so cool in my mind, even in Aquaman. And what is an epic movie without an epic musical score? Hans Zimmer is the composer, and his trademarks are all over the soundtrack. I noticed it even as I was watching and thought it was a great match of Zimmer's talent to a movie deserving of that kind of sound. Now there are a few warnings. Dune is rated PG-13 for some strong violence, disturbing images, and some suggested material. Most of the violence is the science fiction type, but there are some bloody moments of hand-to-hand combat as well. Language isn't much of a concern in this one. Content-wise, you could take a kid younger than 13, but the younger you go, the less they'll be able to follow what's going on. And that brings me to potentially the two biggest drawbacks. The length of the movie, two and a half hours, and the complicated and dense plot. This is not a breezy, quick watch. It's just not. While I actually like the fact that filmmakers trust the audience to follow along, and I believe if you're willing to immerse yourself in the story, you'll be rewarded, at the same time I can see people being hesitant to do just that. Plus, it doesn't actually adapt the whole book in this movie, just about half of it, which means you may leave the movie feeling a bit incomplete, even if you haven't read the book. But I hope that won't keep people away from seeing Dune on the big screen. Director Villeneuve swung for the fences, and I think he knocked it out of the park. It's a visually stunning and epic movie, Uh, it's so well done that it made me even want to read the even more dense book on which it's based. And full confession, I actually did buy the book this week. (laughs) I give Dune three and a half out of four stars, and I can't stress enough that you ought to see this on the big screen. Why do I keep emphasizing that? Because like all Warner Brothers releases this year, Dune is also available to stream on HBO Max. I can totally understand if someone wants to try it out at home, but this deserves to be seen on a screen as large as possible. Then go back to your TV for an additional watch through. Reminder that HBO Max requires a $15 a month subscription fee or a subscription to HBO with your cable or satellite provider. Dune will be available to stream there until November 22nd. And this is my review of Ron's Gone Wrong from 20th Century Studios. As a parent, have you ever worried that even in this incredibly connected age of information, your kids will struggle to make friends in real life and not just online? Or that they might struggle to learn how to interact with others face-to-face? Or focus so much on likes and shares on social media that they miss out on real life? I know I have. Apparently, the makers of Ron's Gone Wrong had me in mind when they wrote the film, too. Ron's Gone Wrong is set sometime in the near future. An Apple-type technology company named Bubble has invented something called a V-Bot. It's billed as your best friend out of the box, and it's kind of like if an iPhone were turned into a robot child that looks like Eva from WALL-E. It's a versatile little thing that you can ride like a scooter or have it cast 3D videos. It knows everything about you based on your social media and online activity, and it tries to connect with as many other b bots as possible. Possible, that are owned by kids with similar interests. Now, pretty much everybody has one in this world. Everybody but Barney Padowski, voiced by Jack Dylan Grazier. Barney lives with his single dad and his crazy grandmother from the old country who packs him a chicken leg for a snack. Not a thigh, mind you, the actual foot part. So the Padowski's can't afford a Beebot, and thus Barney is feeling especially outcast as everyone he knows is constantly playing with theirs. So for Barney's birthday, dad and grandma buy a Beebot for Barney But all they can afford is one that fell off a truck and is damaged, and gets sold to them from behind the store. Barney's thrilled to be able to finally connect with others, but he quickly learns that this particular b bot named Ron, doesn't work exactly like the other kids' bots do. Not only does Ron not know anything about his owner, his wiring system is definitely defective, and Barney realizes he's going to have to teach Ron how to be the perfect pal. But unlike the other bots, Ron is infinitely curious, deeply loyal, and determined to support Barney. Working against them are some executives at the Bubble Corporation who don't like the idea of an independent B-bot with no safety protocols running around. Boy, was there a lot to like about Ron's Gone Wrong. For me, the biggest thing was just how hilarious I found it to be. Writers Peter Bainham and Sarah Smith really knew how to create situations and dialogue that were just perfect. The way Ron understands things is like a child and his interpretation of certain instructions was just right in the wheelhouse of my sense of humor. I laughed out loud at enough parts that my kids were probably embarrassed to be sitting by me. I thought the script was quite timely and clever, jumping just enough into the future that it could avoid being a specific commentary on any particular current social media app or trend but instead showing some of the downside of the whole social media culture itself. It also highlights the dangers and drawbacks of too much connectivity in a way that kids today can really understand and relate to. But really, the whole show hangs on the likability of Ron. Zach Galifianakis just hits the sweet spot of wide-eyed innocence and genuine friendship in his voice, plus his natural comedic timing and talent. And the designers who created Ron's simple look allow for some really funny moments with his occasionally failing graphics and basic white egg shape with Pong-era pixels. I'm always amazed at how animators can make me care about things and objects that you'd never give a second thought to before you see them in an animated movie. As for warnings, there really aren't any to speak of. I took all but my two oldest kids and there was no content that made me uncomfortable at all. Ron's Gone Wrong is rated PG for some rude material, thematic elements, and language, but no swear words. The runtime is also a very manageable hour and a half, so nobody's attention span should wander too far. I initially felt the movie's characters and situations were unique, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that sometimes it felt a little bit like Ron is just a miniature version of Baymax from Big Hero 6. That doesn't make him any less likable, but I definitely noticed that. There are also some similarities to moments from earlier this year's The Mitchells vs. The Machines. However, none of that is really a problem. Ron's Gone Wrong is easily the most fun your kids will have seeing a movie in the theater this year. I give it a kids three and a half out of four stars. Even parents who are just going to the movie to make their kids happy will find something to laugh at. And it's both appropriate and enjoyable for all ages. This is one my family plans to own as soon as we have the chance to get it. (laughs) But a heads up that you will not be able to watch Ron's Gone Wrong at home just yet. The movie is playing exclusively on the big screen for now. So if you feel comfortable going to the theater, it's worth your trouble, but no streaming at home for now. Thanks for watching. I hope you and your family found this review helpful, and I invite you to check out some of my other in-depth reviews of movies and streaming TV shows on ksltv.com. I'll see you there. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at Letterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.